I'm Liz Fenwick. I have a DIY YouTube channel, Liz Fenwick DIY. As you can imagine, I've had my fair share of DIY fails. Each week, I will break down my DIY failures and the craziest fails that you send in. If you have a story you'd like us to share on a future podcast, email us at stories at lizfamickdiy.com. Hey everyone, welcome to DIY Disasters with Liz Fenwick. Now, if you guys watch me on my YouTube channel, Liz Fenwick DIY, you know that I DIY pretty much every day. And with that comes several disasters. And I thought it would be fun to put together a lighthearted and entertaining podcast where I basically spill all of my disaster stories and share some of your disaster stories that you've sent in to us. Now, to share my first episode, I had to bring in my husband, Chris, because he is the person that I rope into all of my DIYs with me. So Chris is here with me for this first story. Hey everyone. Okay, so Chris, this first story that I'm going to tell you, oh, and I haven't told him any of this. I just said, come here and I'll just tell you on we're the We're going to talk about some things. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. going to talk about some things. So the first story I'm going to tell you about is the mosaic coffee table. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yep. I'm not sure of the year, but I think it was maybe in 2009. This is when like mosaic and colorful decor was really popular. It may have been a little earlier now that I think about it. I had a brilliant idea to make a mosaic coffee table. And luckily this was before my days of YouTube. And I don't think there's any record of this coffee table. I mean, maybe we would find it in like some old video. Yeah, or maybe an old (laughs) picture or something like that. It might be in there, but. Yeah, so I don't know, like, did I ask you to make this coffee table or did you make this for me just to be nice i think you asked me to make it i don't believe that it started out as you intended to have like a mosaic top to it i think that kind of morphed into uh you know a trend that you had researched or something like that i think it was going to start out as just a wood coffee table so let me explain what this looked like you guys it was a long rectangular table and it had four legs that we had picked up at lowe's and then to create and make it a mosaic coffee table we added a border piece around the edge that stuck up about a half an inch Mm -hmm. and that was supposed to hold the mosaic inside i started this piece by painting it green but it wasn't really a pretty green it was more the color of a green iguana like it was just really bright and not cute like a really bright moss that you'd see in a pond (laughs) maybe or something like that it was not it was it was just so bright but i probably should have stopped at this point but i i kept going because i'm a diy gal and i had this vision and chris knows once i get it in my head this is what we're gonna make stay out of the way i'm gonna keep trudging Mm -hmm. on until it happens so from there i went to the thrift stores and then we also have this store called old time pottery in our town i went there as well and then i went to dollar tree and i was looking for colorful plates but there was zero criteria for these plates i wasn't concerned about the thickness of them i was just looking for like pretty patterns and pretty colors i just was not thinking and who knows honestly how much money i spent on all those plates that i purchased i probably could have bought any coffee table but in my defense i will always say you know diy you create you know one of a kind piece so i gathered all the plates and i put them in trash bags and this was probably the most fun part is i broke them apart with hammers so next do you remember this we laid all of the little pieces out on the coffee table without any route or anything down yeah not realizing 
that we would eventually have to put them right back where they were going to be in the exact same spot. And that's impossible with mosaic because you have all these one to two inch pieces. Like there's no way. So this was a big waste of time. So that was like our first, well, not our first, but that was one of the mistakes we make. So the next mistake I made was in the adhesive I bought. I thought that this project was just like tiling a bathroom. So I thought, you know, I'll just get white mortar and grout. But those materials are really heavy. And (laughs) you don't necessarily want heavy material on a coffee table. Yeah, I don't think we built it to support like the amount of weight that comes with this. We added a layer of mortar to the coffee table and then we painstakingly put all the pieces back until they were dry. This Mm. like took forever. I remember we couldn't get the grout wiped off of all the pieces. I don't even know how we managed that. Well, I think if I remember right, well, first we did things that failed and then (laughs) we tried to use the typical like sponge method to like wipe it off. That didn't work. I think what we ended up doing, we grabbed a roll of paper towels and we like got down there with our fingers and like cleaned each individual piece off. I mean, how much time did we spend on this table? It was ridiculous. It was hours, I feel like. Yeah. And you guys, as you can imagine, when we were done with this piece, it was so heavy because we had all of those plates. We had the mortar. We had the tile. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was easily a two person lift, you know, like on those boxes (laughs) where you see the little... You know, two people like this is exactly what that was. But I don't feel like that was the worst part. Do you know what the worst part was about that Mm, table? What? Well, I just feel like, okay, the top of it, because I didn't take into account the thickness of any of the ceramic (laughs) mosaics. Literally, it was not a flat top. So when you put any dish on there, you had to watch what you put on there or it would just spill. Yeah, you couldn't really put any drinks with like a narrow base on them at all. Otherwise, there's like a... (laughs) slight risk that it was going to fall. I tell you what I ended up doing was finding a spot that actually worked for putting my drink on it. And I always went to that one spot for here's where the drink's going to go because I knew anywhere else it was going to be like tilted or going to fall off. I feel like though we had that coffee table for a long time. We used it forever. I don't think we could part (laughs) with it. It was just really special. And I felt bad about ever getting rid of it, although it wasn't my favorite. But because you built it, I felt like I didn't want to hurt your feelings by getting rid of it. That was a symbol of I love for you. And uh, I know how hard we worked together on it. I know. But eventually we did. I think maybe it was when we were moving out. We ended up selling it on Facebook Marketplace. Well, it was so heavy. I think in my mind, I almost considered leaving it with the house. It was like a piano almost kind of thing where you were just like, I think we're going to have to leave this here because it was so heavy, but we got it out. I do feel like, and maybe I made this up in my head, but I feel like the person who bought it was really excited about it. They were. They absolutely were. I remember that with the person that I had to help lift it out and take it out of the house with. <laughs> like a Explain to me, life. like, she is so excited about this. She's been nonstop talking about it. Oh so, my gosh. yeah, that was yeah. special. All right, Chris, thanks for joining us today to talk about this fun DIY project that we did together. You guys, in our next segment, I'm going to be sharing with you some of your best DIY disasters.
This first story is from Deb. Dear Liz and crew, it all started rather innocently. My friend was shopping for wallpaper at the local Sherwin-Williams and I was walking around the store. I spotted a clearance bin of borders and rummaged through it, finding a really pretty one with florals and butterflies and shades of green for $1.25. What did I have to lose, right? Oh my gosh, I've been there where I found something on clearance and I had to get it. So I'm feeling you, Deb. I brought it home and convinced my husband that we needed to pull down the hideous circa 1970 wallboard weirdness with green marble pattern on the walls. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm just imagining this bathroom. Unfortunately, when we did, we exposed the ugly truth about the age of our house. Behind the faux walls was a patchwork of pieces of wallboard in some spots and plaster. Oh my goodness. Okay, so thinking she had a $1.25 wallboard to put up, now she has a huge mess on her hands. Now we had to redo all the walls. So since we had to replace all the wallboards and repaint, we decided we might as well replace the sink and cabinet. The sink also being faux green marble with flecks of gold. As long as we were replacing that, the mirror over it and the medicine cabinet needed to replace too. And as long as we were replacing all that, the bathtub was pretty bad too, so that had to go. Since the bathtub was being replaced, we could move it, but that meant the floors would have to be replaced. With all the moving around, we could add a nice linen closet at least. I feel you so much on this one, Deb, because I really wanted to replace the flooring in my primary bedroom and we replaced it but my husband was like well if we're going to replace the floors in there then we need to do the hallway and if we're doing the hallway we need to do the kids bedroom so we right now are in this huge renovation project of our flooring just because I wanted flooring in our bedroom it's like whenever you start one project it just kind of snowballs on top of each other well Deb says we finished the bathroom and it looked great brand new and all redone. The kicker is I spent $1,500 on all that, but we ended up not using the $1.25 border. (sighs) So she thought she was getting a deal, but ended up spending $1,500. I will say though, I feel like $1,500, Deb, and you guys doing the work yourself, I feel like that was a pretty good price for your bathroom reno. We have been looking at doing our bathroom and I think you got a great deal. And I guess you got a new bathroom out of it, but that is funny that it all started with that $1.25 border. Okay, so our next story, you guys, is from Jane. This is the story of how I tried painting an old fabric chair. That's something that I have not tried as a DIYer. I know a lot of people have painted furniture, but that's something I just haven't gotten into yet. So Jane says, my pregnant sister had this old fabric chair from her mother-in-law that she wanted to use for her nursery. It had beautiful wooden arms and was really comfortable, but it was an ugly brown color that didn't match the nursery at all. Well, I saw some YouTube videos where people use chalk paint to paint furniture and the results were supposed to be reminiscent of faux leather. Well, that would be cool. Okay, so I brought the chair home, bought some light gray chalk paint and went to town. 
And oh dear, it was terrible. The fabric absorbed so much that I started running out of paint. But even worse, I was putting a light gray on top of a dark brown and it just looked awful. I'm trying to think what color would have worked better. Maybe if she went with like an espresso color or went with more of a brown color, but I could see the gray having trouble. And I know that I've painted fabric before and the paint will just absorb into the fabric. So anytime you do paint with fabric, you really have to use quite a bit. So Jane added, I kept adding layers to cover it up, but that only made the fabric stiff. Annoyed with myself for getting in too deep and way past the point of no return, I bit the bullet and bought a bunch of fabric to make a cover for it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm so much more comfortable with reupholstering fabric versus the idea of painting it. So I don't know. I just don't know if painting fabric works as well as people say it does, which is what I should have done in the first place was basically just recover it. The chair ended up beautiful and she enjoys rocking her baby girl to sleep every night in it. So I should have definitely done a spot test first before committing to the whole thing. Although I should have known better than to paint over some such a dark color. So maybe painting lighter furniture is a better option. I don't know. I don't have experience with painting furniture. My opinion, I probably would have recovered it as well. I guess I have this fear, like if I paint furniture, like somehow the paint will get on my clothes when I sit on it. It doesn't do that if you paint like a wood piece of furniture. So I don't know. I've never done it, but I'm glad that it worked out for you in the end, Jane. All right, guys, our next story is from Brenda. Brenda said, I decided I wanted to change my style up. At the time, I decorated my living room in a coastal theme. I found this coffee table and end table set at Goodwill for $20. That's awesome. Good deals. The problem was they were made of faux black marble top and heavy metal bottoms, which were also black. So I thought I could paint these. So home we went with these two tables. I stopped at Walmart and got my paint and a sealer. I thought I wanted to get on that chalk paint bandwagon. I mean, a few years ago, it's like we painted everything in chalk paint, you guys. I mean, I still use it, but chalk paint was so popular three years ago. And Brenda mentioned, yes, this was three years ago. So chalk paint was just having a heyday. There was tons of tutorials, but everyone seemed to be sealing chalk paint with Mod Podge. Ooh, okay. I don't know where this is heading, but probably not good. This is going to be used for drinks, laptops, etc. as far as what she's going to use the tables for. So she wanted them to have good protection. The person working at Walmart had no idea what I should use, so I chose an inexpensive sealer. I had no idea what brand I chose. I do remember I chose white for the top as far as the paint and then she was going to spray paint the legs in gold. It took me four days to sand, take apart, paint, and reassemble. They were gorgeous. I was the envy of all my friends and neighbors and I was just so proud of myself. Two days go by and I'm seeing yellow splotches on my table. I thought someone spilled something and I began interrogating everyone. No one fessed up. 
I'm at my wits end. I happened to go to a yard sale and there was a cute white nightstand, but it was stained. And I start looking at this stained white piece and I'm thinking with my DIY brain and it dawns on me that it's the same stains as my table has. So I mosey over to the lady of the house and I ask her if she used chalk paint on the nightstands. She said she did, but that's not why it turned yellow. I'm so curious now. So I said, what happened? She said that she had used the wrong sealer. So like me, she went with a cheap polyurethane. Needless to say, I went home and apologized to my family, sanded my tables and painted them again with acrylic and sealed them with the same sealer. Apparently chalk paint and polyurethane don't go together. They are still beautiful tables to this day. And now at my friend's house, I have moved on with a farmhouse decor and went with wood tables. So the problem that Brenda experienced is one of the things that I honestly get asked about so often on my table, and that is what sealer to use. I think this is something people really struggle with is deciding like what kind of sealer to use. Now, one of the reasons that her piece could have been turning yellow is because sometimes when you paint a piece, you'll just have these natural yellow or brown spots that show through. There's a product that you can get, which is a spray shellac that you can put on your piece before you seal it. So if you're painting something something white and you see a brown spot coming through, get the spray shellac and spray it on that spot. Let it dry and then you'll come back through and paint it again with white. That should avoid that stain from coming through your piece once you put the sealer on. One of the things I noticed in Brenda's story was she talked about using polyurethane. And I don't think that that is the best sealer to use. So I'm going to share with you a few DIY tips for sealing your piece. So what pieces should you actually use a sealer on? You don't want to use a sealer on everything. It's just not necessary, even when you're chalk painting. So the things that I will seal are what I consider to be furniture with high touch points. So these are things like stools, end tables, dressers, shelves, anything that, you know, people are going to be sitting on, touching a lot, grabbing at, those are the things that you want to use a sealer on after you paint. Now, the things that you don't need to use your sealer on, things that are not high touch point, are things like lamps, decor, candlesticks. Those are just things that are going to be sitting on a shelf. No one's going to be grabbing at them, touching them too much. So right there, think about if it's a decor piece that somebody's not going to be touching, I don't need to seal it. But if it's a piece that's going to be high touch, go ahead and add a sealer. So for me, there's only two types of sealers that I would use. One is a wax and the other is a watered base polyacrylic. So let's talk about the wax first. Now, wax is something that traditionally people use with chalk paint. And honestly, I would not recommend using a wax sealer unless you're chalk painting something. It gives the piece an overall just nice finished appearance. You want to apply the wax on your piece and what it does is it cures and it gives your piece like this nice really pretty overall surface look to it. I have to tell you guys wax is really not my preferred way to seal a piece and the reason I don't like it that much is it does take a while for the piece to cure. You can't use too much of it. If you use too much of it it's going to sit on your piece for a while. And I also have trouble getting the entire piece covered and it's a lot of work to add on wax. So honestly, 
I don't use wax. The thing that I like to use and I think would solve the problem that Brenda had with the yellow coming through is using a water-based polyacrylic. And the key here is water-based. Water-based polyacrylics just work so much better and they prevent that yellowing. They're easy to apply. They work on most painted surfaces and they give you nice shine to it, but you can also get them in matte finishes. Like the ones I have now are a matte finish just because more furniture is more of a matte finish nowadays versus giving that like high gloss shine. The other thing I like about the water-based polyacrylic is you can add multiple coats. If you're ever concerned about like what sealer to use, just read the labels and oftentimes you can figure out what the best product is to use. So I want to thank you guys so much for submitting your stories and I want to thank Chris for being here and my content manager Delaney and we will talk to you guys in our next episode. If you have a story you'd like us to share on a future podcast, email us at stories at listfamickdiy.com. 